Hello and welcome to the Voice Extra podcast. Today I am here with the voice contributor, journalism student and blogger Saskia. Hey, how are you doing today, Saskia? I'm great, thanks, Taya. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. Um, I just went on a walk, so that was good. Uh, actually, making sure I go outside for once, which is nice. Um, <laughs> so, if you weren't stuck at home, what would you be doing right now? Um, well, today's Saturday, so I would probably be out with my friends, you know, just like having dinner at a restaurant or something. I really miss restaurants. I never thought I would miss them so much, but I miss just going somewhere, like, you know, having a good meal and like going to the cinema, especially. Having a good meal and not having to cook it is yeah. something. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love cooking, but you need a break every now and then, so. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're walking down there, you're just like, there's nothing here I have to cook I can't even go anywhere I have to cook yeah <laughs> I know it makes you more creative though in the kitchen because you actually have to yeah. think about what you're eating so it kind of works mm. out also I definitely feel you're missing the cinema I'm so used to just being like oh let me just pop off to the cinema and now it's not happening I know and it's not the same I know that they're doing all these you know like you can they're releasing it straight to on demand and everything like that. But I don't like it. The cinema's an experience. It's yeah. not just about what you're watching. Especially, I think, certain films, like, only work in the cinema. Yeah. Like, um, 1917, I think if I watched that at home, I would get bored in about 10 minutes. Um, I don't even want to admit this, but I still haven't seen it. <laughs> I I completely get it. It is very much like cool spectacle but there's not much to the plot or the characters oh it's not like dunkirk is it it's oh yeah it, it's it's the dunkirk of um lost oscars basically in terms um, of it's uh, very technically brilliant and the, but the plot and characters have very little to them dunkirk was so disappointing like i actually really like films about war yeah. um especially like world war one and world war two and I was on a train to Liverpool and I was like, oh, I downloaded Dunkirk like specifically because I've been, I hadn't watched it yet. And I was just so disappointed. Like, I wish I had just slept. Yeah. <laughs> that's another, you have to watch it, the cinema one, because Dunkirk, that's the, oh, this, because the things that are good about that film are like the sound design and the cinematography and watching on a laptop or the train is like, you realise yeah. all the things that just don't hold up about the film. It was, yeah, it's such a massive disappointment. And if mm. and now I'm a bit sad because I thought 1917 was going to be better, but I think I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> it's, I mean, you, it's in, it's visually interesting, but it mm. is in terms of the things that are good about it, it's very similar to Dunkirk, and the things that are bad about it are pretty similar to Dunkirk again. Oh, like great. I, those films hold the same kind of space in my head. Yeah. I mean, I get why you don't really need to like focus on the characters and stuff. It's a story that's been told like so many times, but I don't know. It there was just something missing a lot for me from Dunkirk. I'm just like the thing with those films. I'm like, you can. There are so many different things you can do within that space, and you're just like, let me retell the same kind of story, but just make it look very pretty. And it looks very pretty, but you're also like, you could do more with it. Like, I feel like a lot of, the problem a lot of those types of films fall into is that they don't really have a point of view. Like, yeah. they're just like, hey, war, it happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. But I didn't yeah. really do very well with a lot of the Oscar films for this year. Like, I didn't, I still haven't seen Parasite. I think the only one I did see was A Marriage Story, and that really just gave me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> 
But now, now you've got to explain what gave you a helicopter magic marriage story. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Um, did you see it? Did you like my yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I um, the, there was like a two week period before the Oscars where I was like, oh, I have to write an article about this. Let me just quickly watch all of them. <laughs> yeah. It was intense. It was. It that is a. It is a very intense film. Yeah. You're just like, why am I? Why? Please be nice to each other, and it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I still. I think my biggest issue with Marriage Story is Laura Linney winning the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. You say Laura Linney. Yeah. Is it Laura? I thought it was Laura Dern. Oh, sorry, Laura Dern. That's the. But yeah, I I get I get what you mean. I think her Oscar there is more of a well. Somehow Laura Dern hasn't got an Oscar, so yeah. let's just let's give her one. Because <laughs> I know that she's done other films where she's been really good in, but this was just I was expecting her character to give the film so much more, and it was just like this one scene where she gave a speech about how horrid men are, and then that was about yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, it was a very good speech, but yeah, it, it was. was. <laughs> it was a very good speech. I'm just not so sure if it was Oscar-worthy speech. Well, even by Laura Dern's standards, I'd say you don't get the best performance you could have gotten from her. It, and it's not even necessarily her fault. I feel like it's more like the character is there for a specific purpose. Yeah. So it's li- there's limits to what she could even do there, which is why it's like, mm, there's definitely other things that maybe could have won. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. But I haven't seen the rest of the film, so I can't really say anything. Compared to the other films in the category, she was from... It was either her or Florence Pugh for Little Woman. But, like, I feel like they could have nominated better films in general. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah it wasn't great. Like, the selection was just a bit like, oh, okay. I mean, I was happy for Parasite winning so much. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the rest of the films, I think they could have done a little better. It's over now, I'm, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious what happens this year. I was literally just about to say, like, what are they... I think it's just going to be Netflix-dominated. I think... Because the thing is, um, I think... Maybe not, not the Oscars, but they'll probably follow suit. Is At least one of the film awards has changed their rules so that it doesn't necessarily have to be released in theatres this year. So I feel okay. like they'll probably do the same thing. My thing is, I'm wondering what films... Whether this will mean Oscar voters will watch more films or less films. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I mean, surely it would be more. I, you say that, but the way they watch films is... Mo- the way most Oscar voters get their films is, like, um, the movie studios, like, send it to them. Like, they get screeners and stuff because they're some sort of industry. Mm-hmm. So, in theory, the way they watch most of these films, apart from the ones they really like, is basically the same. So I'm curious as to how much it changes stuff or whether it means that they basically have an excuse to only watch, like, ten films. Right. I mean, it gives us something to look forward to, I guess. Part right waits for that Trolls movie that came out to win Best Picture. Oh. there's just nothing <laughs> else. Did you... I take it you liked it, then? I I have not watched it. I have no oh. clue. <laughs> no, I've, I, I haven't even seen the first Trolls. I really don't like Anna Kendrick. Oh, what's, what's your beef with Anna Kendrick? It's not so much... I just, just, you know, every couple of years, there's like one actress that Hollywood loves to just shove in our faces and put oh, in. Oh, like where they just decide someone will be a star, irrespective of like their ability or whatever. Yeah, 
I feel like she's one of those. I see what you mean. And like she played where they've had the thing where they put her in everything and try and make her basically play the same character and everything. Yeah, and she's she's got like her own Anna Kendrick air about her that she brings into every movie, whether the movie yeah. calls for it or not. Mm-hmm. And it's I, almost I like she having her in that movie has become more important than the movie itself, and I just don't really like that. Yeah, I I see what you mean. I there are definitely those actors. I mean, I mean, a lot of people love Timothy Chalamet, but he's basically that as well. I think but the guy version. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's maybe a better actor-ish, but I do think there is an extent to which it is like, oh, we've got a new film, let's put him in there. We've got a new film, let's put him in there. Yeah, they they just they do the same thing every couple of years, and then they kind of do it to the point where we we just get sick of this person, and everybody gets sick of that person, and then they end up hating them. Like I remember when Anne Hathaway was in every movie and I don't have a problem with Anne Hathaway but then all of a sudden Hollywood like turned on her and they would it was just really hard to see yeah because essentially because of like it's almost like it's not even directly her fault it's just the fact of everyone tried to cast her at the same time and then you know everyone just kind of ended up hating her so (laughs) so speaking of like films and stuff what sort of things have you been watching in this time um Film-wise, I watched a couple of films that, you know, when something comes out and there's so much that you go to see and then a couple of films slip through the net and you just don't get a chance to watch them. So I kind of go on Sky Movies and I go a couple weeks ahead and just start recording a bunch of random stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I watched, do you remember, I think it was 2018, this film came out called Searching? Yes, I love Searching. I watched it on a plane. It was great. (laughs) Oh my god, it was great! I can't believe it had taken me two years to see it. Like, I really wanted to watch it because it, I don't know, it just seemed different and fresh. And yeah. I was expecting it to be a little bit more predictable than it was, but I actually really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, that, that ending got me. I'll, I'll keep it vague for the listeners, but that ending got me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, I did not see it coming. And I'm usually quite good at things like that. Definitely, if forever who's listening, if you haven't seen Searching with Deborah Messing and the guy from Harold and Kumar, it's I know I don't know his name. Isn't it John? Yeah, John Cho. That one. He's it's a really really good film. Um, yeah, movies I haven't really been doing well. I haven't done well with anything. I think the last like new thing that I actually saw the day it came out was Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure everyone's so sick of hearing about it already, but I just, I could not believe, like, what I was seeing. Yeah, I it's a very wild documentary. It's just, yeah. Have you watched the new episode or whatever they put out? With um, Joe McHale. Is, is he in that? I, I don't know. I haven't watched yeah, it. He's, um he's the one hosting it, and then he... um video chats with some of the characters yeah i saw it how how was it revealing i think is the best way to put it they they just kind of i mean i'm quite surprised about some of the people who actually were willing to come back onto the show and defend themselves or talk about like their character um yeah it was it was funny it was quite short it was funny but you know they just so many differences of like opinion and 
the way that they saw it and like they watched obviously the documentary and they're just kind of like oh you know you made us look like this or it didn't really happen this way blah 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 but mm. it's safe to say that they all hate um what's his name joe exotic yeah yeah I mean, they have there's no love loss and i think they all want him to rot in jail for the rest <laughs> of his life he does not seem like a like as much as he's he's a fun character he does not seem like a particularly nice person to be around yeah he's very much like a let me just watch you on tv and nowhere else yeah like can you imagine actually being in the same room with somebody like that like no yeah and especially since there is a lot of stuff they cut out to make if anything to make him seem <laughs> more pleasant than he or not pleasant but more likable than he actually is right yeah and, um definitely in that episode, in his political episode, where he's like, yeah, I'll just, like, jump off this seat, roof forever. And you're like, imagine being the person there. And you're like, what am I meant to do? How am I meant to feel right now? <laughs> I just... But there must have been something about him that people liked. Because you don't stay on a... Like, in a zoo with somebody who is, like, you know, the worst human being possible for as many years as some of those people did. I think part of the thing is a lot of them are just in one way or another need somewhere and have basically been failed by the system. No, he and if he whether that if that's by design, then that makes him a worse person than he, you know. Yeah. I think it's one it of the, one of the things that definitely skates over is that it feels like at least with at least with at least one of the like boyfriend husbands, the line is very unclear there. There seems to be a thing of, oh, he's a drug addict and he's giving him access to drugs. Which was a bit like, maybe go more into that rather than like mentioning it once, like five episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> in the um in the episode that they did afterwards, the guy the one with all the messed up teeth, like he's got his yeah. teeth fixed and he was like, I'm not actually like that. I'm actually like a really likable kind of out there person but the yeah. way that you made it look is that I was constantly like on drugs and just kind of did whatever he said and he he like ref he says that that's not what he was like yeah, he seemed like one of the more likable ones I was like you know what if I met you we could be friends <laughs> yeah he looks like the kind of guy you could have a drink with whereas there's other ones where I'm just like you're an intolerable person and please never speak to me ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they even said as well um, that apparently he was afraid of tigers. Like, Joe Exotic was actually afraid of tigers. And the ones, um, you know, in the season where you see him in the cage with that big yeah. white tiger, apparently that tiger was blind, which is the only oh. reason why Joe would be in the cage with him. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. How can you call yourself the Tiger King and be afraid of tigers? Also... This is also my thing with the way with I don't think it's a well constructed documentary because like mm. I'm sorry how do you not know that <laughs> or not put that or if you know that how do you not put it in the documentary I know <laughs> I think that seems like a very big thing to put in the documentary I know it's almost it's I think a couple of episodes in it's hard to tell what like whose side Netflix is on or whoever was behind the camera. It's almost yeah, like do you know what I mean? It's like they started yeah. out one way 
and maybe they just got so caught up in it they genuinely didn't know what their story was anymore yeah it, and it's just it, here's think, this mess watch it and tell me what you think it very much it very much does have that feeling because you're just at a certain point uh i think it's eric good and rebecca chaiklin are the series directors um right and you definitely get the feeling like for the first 30 minutes it acts like it's about the animals but then it forgets the animals exist for the rest of the series but then it's almost like it's about politics for like an episode and a half but then it isn't but then it's about like and it's uh, and it's just like what are you trying to say <laughs> yeah and can you get to the point a bit faster than yeah. seven episodes of everyone's life? Because it feels, it almost, there's a point where it feels very sensationalist rather than having a specific purpose. Because it's like, yeah, oh, look yeah. at these people in these in these wild circumstances and da 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 da. And you're like, but do we want to, are we making a point? Are we, because there's certain stuff they brush over, like um that guy, um Doc Antle or whatever. Oh, and you're like, God. <laughs> And you're like, is he just running a cult? And you guys were just like, lol, I guess I guess he's doing that. Like, <laughs> it was, I, I saw a uh, meme on Instagram, and I think it's the most accurate way to describe him. It's like he's basically R. Kelly of Oklahoma. Oh my, yes. He, it's the same, it's basically the same, like. It's exactly the same thing. It was, cr- and the the women there, they just seem like they're so, I mean, obviously, I, it's easy to pretend on camera, but they didn't seem like they had a problem with it. Just kind of like Jeff's wife, when he's talking about ex- being excited about the new nanny because he's going to sleep with her, like, oh my God. I just, everyone in this show is just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> the only genuine person was the boy who got his arm ripped off by the tiger. Yes, um, Saf. I think him and um, John Finley, who's like the husband who seems to have himself mostly put together, are like the two I would be friends with. Yeah, even in the extra episode, like Saf is the only one who doesn't really show that much animosity to Joe. Yeah, he just seems like a really like genuine, just down to earth person. Yeah. And it is also, and also, yeah, there was a thing with Saf where afterwards it was like, oh yeah, in the documentary we probably literally misgendered Saf the entire time. And it was like, do we want to address this at any point? No? Okay. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> that was wild to me when I was like, oh, I'm seeing it in a Twitter thread, but you literally, like, like what? It's so and, crazy. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't think there'll be anything not. like that again in a hurry. I I don't know. There's lots of strange people in the world. I don't want to know about them. <laughs> that's, that's enough. Like I think after the first, maybe while they were cutting it, they just knew that they had something that was going to blow up and cause a stir. I think we only need something like that once a year. I don't want to know about all of these other crazy people around the world. Yeah, it is. it is quite a lot. So is yeah. there anything else you've been like watching or making or anything? Um, well, I've been watching Community because I've actually never seen it. I and... also have never seen it. Oh, you've never seen it either. Okay. 
Because the, the only reason I watched it, because after I saw that Tiger King episode, I was like, who is this guy who's hosting? And I was like, I recognise him from somewhere. And oh. it turns out it was from Community. Yeah. I got what you mean now. Yeah. He's the main character. And uh, as far as sitcoms go, it's, <laughs> like, it's funny. And mm-hmm. I can understand why it went on for six years, but... Oh, I don't know. I don't think it's not the kind of thing that I could watch over and over again. Like yeah. I've seen Friends and The Big Bang Theory and even things like Sex and the City, like more dramas and stuff. I've seen them like millions of times, but I don't think I could watch Community like over and over again. What do you reckon makes this different? It's one of those shows that comments on being a show. Oh, okay. Well, so it's like <laughs> very self-aware. Yeah. Like, there's this one character called um, Arbed, and he's, they think that he has, like, um, Asperger's or autism or something. Like, they definitely think that he's on the spectrum because he's just very, like, he doesn't filter what he's saying. And he, you know, kind of like um, Sheldon from Big Bang. It's a very yeah. similar character. And he loves filmmaking. As I say, it's, so he's very much like a sitcom, very quick and easy version of an autistic character. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it. And he's kind of, you know, he comments on, oh, there's a romance in the show, and then he tells them, you're not, you're no Ross and Rachel. Like this is boring. Like we don't want to hear about Britta and Jeff. And I just think, in a movie, maybe something like that is okay. But to go on like that for six seasons, I just think it takes something away from it. Like I know yeah. that I'm watching a sitcom. I don't need you to know. That you know that I'm watching. <laughs> okay, so almost like it feels like it's almost trying to be smarter than it is. Yeah, because it's really ridiculous. It's not. It's not smart at all. It's kind of just. It's ridiculous. It's so far fetched and unrealistic. And I know sitcoms are kind of like that anyway with their stories, but this just goes a little bit over the top. So it would almost be better if it just like owned its silliness instead of trying yeah. to. Yeah. Like, mm, but actually. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there were a few good episodes in there. The um, the some of the characters are like quite interesting. You you haven't well, I haven't seen a lot of them in other um, those kind of personalities being represented as much in other sitcoms. So that yeah. has some merit. But enough, I've almost yeah. finished it now anyway. I think the only reason why I've carried on watching is because even though I didn't watch it before, it does have this overwhelming feeling of nostalgia for you know like the early two thousands. It's like a very specific like feeling of a time. And that's I think that for me that's its biggest appeal. And especially now with everything so upside down in like our society and stuff, I think you need yeah. something like that. I definitely feel like it's like a familiar thing, yes. Two thousand and nine to two thousand fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely has that familiar like feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Um but apart from watching stuff I mean, do you want us to talk about stuff that we've been watching or things that I've kind of been creating? Well what have you been making? I honestly don't mind. Up to you. Um, well, I bake a lot. <laughs> oh, yes, baking you know, is good. Yeah, I I love like baking and cooking and stuff. Yesterday or the day before yesterday, I made some banana bread, which is always good. Are you a fan of banana bread? I can't remember the last time I had banana bread. I don't think I'm against it. <laughs> Not against it. Just haven't had it in a while. Yeah, no, I love baking and stuff. But for um voice, I've been doing. A creativity in lockdown series yes. so I've been interviewing um, I interviewed Luke Wright who's a poet and he was supposed to be going on tour 
for just a few days before lockdown was implemented. So he's been doing these live shows on Twitter yeah. every day at 8 p.m. where he's mm-hmm. like performing his poetry and it was it's a really good watch. He's a really good poet and his you know, it's kind of like it's very emotional, there's a lot of feeling and a lot of social commentary. So he's definitely someone yeah. who I would recommend. There's a singer, her name is Nicola Hart, and she is doing this kind of like bit on Instagram where she's a singer in isolation and she does mm-hmm. remakes to famous songs, but quarantine related. <laughs> And she's brilliant. She's actually, she's so funny and she's really, really sweet. And her songs are just, yeah, they're great. They're really good. That sounds good. That sounds fun. So. Yeah. So. I, the, I, my favorite one of hers is um, Gloria Gaynor, like I Will Survive. Yeah. And it's all about <laughs> surviving shopping during lockdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that is an experience. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any shopping horror stories? I have generally managed to avoid the shopping and mostly leave it to other people. Oh, nice. I I haven't really done any of the grocery stuff. I've mostly gone for, oh, I need to go get, like, um, hand wash or whatever. And generally speaking, I can go to the shops which are less busy. I think it's a lot of the big supermarket Mm. ones are the ones where you're just like, why are all these lines so long and da, da, da. yeah yeah well you're lucky i have not had the same experience <laughs> it's been <laughs> terrible i mean yeah i have you had to fight anyone you know just get them to keep their distance i mean when when lockdown first happened i went shopping on uh, maybe the day after and or it might have, i think it might have even been before lockdown had started it was it was close anyway it was around that time yeah. and everything had gone like I even wrote a blog post about it because I just couldn't believe like how crazy it was there was no hand wash there was no pasta there was none of this and I was down um one of the aisles and I was like oh crap like we need toilet roll like let's quickly head over there before it's all gone and I was rushing out of the aisle and I almost crashed into this other guy's trolley and he didn't get mad he just like stopped he looked at me he reached into his trolley and gave me a packet of his toilet roll and told me that I should take it because he's probably got too many anyway but the fact that I didn't even tell him that that's where I was going and he just knew (laughs) based on my body language and action it was a it was a real eye opener. That's when I was like, okay, no, this is this is serious. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, yeah. That was I think that was the craziest experience so far. But I know you're not probably supposed to say this, but I'm kind of enjoying the way that supermarkets have handled keeping everybody away from each other. Because have you? If you go shopping on any normal day, people constantly are in your space. Oh, they just yeah, have yeah. No, they have no self-awareness. They have, like, no respect and lockdown. I mean, all I'd have to do is, like, clear my throat, and I think people would run. <laughs> <laughs> Which is terrible to say, but I'm quite enjoying having space to actually no, shop I, and not having to rush. I do get this, like... Now I feel like people actually respect your personal space because I mean because yeah. it's a threat to them, but they do actually respect it in a meaningful way. And I'm like, that's nice. This is good. It really is. 
Then and, we like and that last. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I'm going to miss when this is over. Just people not being, you know, inconsiderate in Asda. Oh, you know, I've just realised we might end up with a thing where where once it feels like it's safe. Even people who aren't really your proper friends are going to maybe try and be hugging and I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) Stay away, please. I'm not comfortable yet. Do a little M, you know. (laughs) Exactly. You see the whole street all clear. (laughs) It's, yeah, I I just have a feeling that when this is officially announced, there's going to be dancing in the street. People who hate each other, like neighbours, are going to be hugging and kissing and like getting all excited and I'm really gonna make sure I stay in the house for that. It's gonna, <laughs> gonna hide. So Saskia, I've got one last question for you. This is a bit like you've got to imagine this. This is a bit of imagination exercise here. Okay, you've sounds got the, fun. <laughs> you've got the podium at the uh, daily briefing, you know the ones that's about five ish every day. Um all right. the eyes of the nation are on you. The press are there, the cameras are there, everything's there, everyone's paying attention to your every word. So what would you want to say to them? <laughs> oh my god. Um, just, so every, okay, what do I want to say to the nation? Ah, first of all, stop listening to Boris. <laughs> <laughs> and do what you know is right like the numbers it, about covid right or just general, anything about anything oh be nicer to each other every day i turn on the news or i read something on my phone every like people are mean and there's just i know that there's a lot of good in the world but there are just so like you heard about the woman who died the other day because somebody like spat in her face while she was yeah. um working like come on like that woman had a family and it's and people are like using that as like threats now and this is not the time to show your worst colors like this is the time to just really be mindful be empathetic and just be decent human beings like please just treat each other with some respect and dignity and we we will get through this and once we do then the whole world can go back to ignoring each other which is fine but just don't spread hate yeah <laughs> stop is, with the hate a, that is a strong message that's good that is what i'd want to say to the nation if they were listening right now yeah. be nice to each other i've had enough of this <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so if people want to hear more messages like that where would they find you online if people want to hear my you know honest opinion about what i think about things they can head over to sincerelysaskia.com where i talk about everything to like what's in the news just things that are on my mind and um you know sometimes i review like films books like whatever i'm watched at the time so yeah that's where to find me or of course on voice mic exactly um we'll link to her page in the show notes so thank you for listening and thank you for joining me saskia awesome thank you for having me no worries you can find uh, all the contributors at voice.extra on instagram you can go to the website to see all the posts at www.voicemag.uk 
And you can go to at VoiceMag on Instagram and Twitter for the official Instagram and for all that sort of stuff. So thanks for joining me. And we'll come back next time with someone else. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use Shaving Mirror. You can find his stuff on incompetech.com. <laughs>